Well, we're glad you're with us today. You know, it seems this time of year, uh, a lot of people get sentimental or emotional, and you know, I thought I'd bring a message on looking, looking for hope. And, you know, it seems like when the devil comes at us that we all can handle like maybe a one punch, but it seems like when he comes at us hard, wants to take us down, it's like the one-two punch. It's like something happens, you're already uh, mentally drained, and then it hits you physically and emotionally when the second thing occurs. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture today that happened to uh, a young man such as the same thing. I couldn't help but think of a Scripture that says, when hope is deferred, the heart is sick. Today's version would be, when hope, looks like it's not there or it's lost or you can't see it, you give up. And I want you to know today as we go into this time of year and you think about years past or you think about different things or people, circumstances, where you were, how do you get here, what's going on, to know that look for hope. Jesus is always there. He's always there. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, we're so grateful, your word, the power through your spirit that it's given us. As we say every week, this is a unique service. You've brought everyone here to hear your word through the spirit, Jesus, that you've given us. There'll never be a service like this. This message is for those that chose today or last night to said, I'm going to worship Jesus today, the first day of the week when he rose from the grave. So Lord, speak to us today. May we take this message in our hearts. May we take it to others. May people on YouTube also, Lord, know that there is hope when they see you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to look in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel. We're going to look at some verses and then give a little background even to those verses of, of David. You know, I, I'm, I sometimes speak at uh, I study all week, and I kind of formulate, a lot of times it even starts like tonight. You know, I'll, tonight I might stay up to half the night because I get this message going, and then it goes all week, or it starts Wednesday, and anyways. So, Monday, last Monday, I don't know if you have these or not, many of you do, especially you know how, how cold I am all the time, and anyway, so... So I have these things for my knees. You've probably seen me get in bed, bath, and beyond. They're like these white, long socks things, you know, that are filled with rice. I've gotten those for years. You know, they've sold them there for years. So Monday night, I think I'm just finally, you know, it might have been Sunday night. I can't even remember now. But uh, just get finally relaxed. It was really late. And so I put them in the microwave and heated them up. And I just like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm just getting ready to go to bed. And I went in to grab it, and I didn't realize this one, it was defective. So I grabbed it with my fingers, and where the blue rope is on the end, where you always pull them out with, the blue rope kind of like evaporated, and there was melted white plastic underneath it. So I grabbed it with my hand, burnt my two fingers, and a dummy me, I go over to the water, okay, and get ice water going on. I go back with my other hand, not knowing. I thought it was the sock part where the rice falls out. Uh, second whammy. I grab it with my right hand, I burn my right finger. This time I get it worse. The plastic just stays onto my finger. I didn't curse though. I want you to really know that. I didn't curse. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, 
hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the first thing. The next night, I'm at the toaster oven. I never do this. So I don't know what happened. I slipped my hand, probably because I had a bandage up and got aloe on it, and they're great now. I can't believe it. We got aloe on it. So I go to the toaster oven, and you know how you pull the thing out? I, I slipped when I pulled it down and burnt my other finger. Now, just hold on here. I did curse, but I caught myself. So if you were with me, you would have kind of not really understood it. So it was good. Here's the deal. That one really wasn't as bad. It was bad, but wasn't as bad as the one the night before. But I was already hurting. And because I was already hurting, it kind of took me under more. And that's what gets us when it, it, hope is involved in situations, circumstances, people. There might be a circumstance that goes wrong in your life, but then all of a sudden you get let down by a person. Bam, bam, you get hit twice, it takes you down. We're going to look at David and remember this. David was anointed king, but he wasn't king yet. He was running from King Saul. The background we're gonna, I want to share with you a minute. I want to read this and then give you the background. As he's running from King Saul, he's got a, a band of anywhere from 400 to 600 mighty men. They're warriors because they know David is a warrior and they trust him and they believe that he's going to be king someday. Well, he is going to go to war, and I'm going to explain that in a minute, but they don't need him. What do you mean? Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. And it's a three days hard ride on horse or camel. Three days out and they decide they got to come back. So they get there. They're not even there basically a day. They got to ride hard back three days back to their home. So three days of a hard ride, three days back. They start to go into their town where their wives, their children, their animals, all their possessions are. And here's where he gets his story. Now, it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag. That's where they were living on the third day that the Amicalites, this is another group of what we can understand even in the Old Testament. Still, there were giants within this group of just like uh, David and Goliath, just like Goliath was with the Philistines at the one time. The Amicalites had giants, had huge, mighty warriors. Amicalites had invaded Ziglag had gone into there Why they were supposedly at war. And when they were there, verse 2 says, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city. There it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. And David and the people, in other words, his warriors, Wept. They lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. David, his two wives, Ananoah the Jezreelite and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons, his daughters, but David strengthened himself and the Lord his God. So let's back the story up. 
The story backs up where he was anointed years ago. Do you know that, do you remember years ago, if it's most of you, that you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Doesn't change your position with the Lord. You're still his son. You're still his daughter. And being so, no matter where you're at, no matter what goes on, he's there for you. Sometimes we get into situations that we don't know what to do. That's where you might be. What happened was this. David sided with when he was out or really running for his life from King Saul. He was out in the wilderness from town to town, and he actually ended up siding with the Philistines. Now, what happened years later was David and, you know, we know David and Goliath and the whole thing. I'm not going to go there, but this is after that from what we know. But it gets all mixed up, and I want you to stay, I want you to stay with me. He's this great warrior. And what happens that we understand, he gets to side with the Philistines, and guess who they're going to war with? His homeland. He thought, well, that's not going to happen. I'll go side with them while I'm running from Saul, and all of a sudden one thing leads to another, one month, two months, three months. That's you and me. All of a sudden a certain time goes by, and you get yourself in a position. You say, how did I get here? And David was in that position to where 600 of his mighty warriors were with the Philistines, and the Philistines were going against all his people in Israel, even though Saul hated him, this was his homeland. They're getting ready to go to war. He's saying, what am I going to do? He gets himself in that position. Now, here's what I want you to know. You know, sometimes we get into situations, but when God knows the motive of your heart, he's going to get you out. might not be easy, but he's going to get you out. David and his mighty men were going to take up the rear. They were going to go against Israel, which was going to come in against thousands and thousands of Philistines. Saul was scared to death. David comes up in the rear with his mighty men wondering, how am I going to go against my homeland? But I've been running for my life. Isn't that how you feel sometimes? Lord, I'm not sure what is going on here. So first hit that you get is mentally. It starts to drag you down because you're wondering, what am I going to do? How am I going to work through this situation? He gets there, and the guy who is in charge says, David, we get through this. You're going to be my bodyguard for life. What is David going to do? All of a sudden, the next morning comes. They're getting ready to go to battle. The king comes to David and says, David, i got to tell you something. He says, what? He says, all my generals, they don't trust you. He said, what do you mean they don't trust me? They think that as if 600 come, they remember that, that the, the songs that were sung, and this is what actually says in the passage of Scripture, that even though Saul killed thousands, David killed 10,000. He was a mighty warrior. They don't trust you. So David had to act like he was disappointed, but actually he was relieved. Do you ever find yourself in that situation? You don't want anybody to know it. But you were supposed to show up somewhere and certain people were going to be there and all of a sudden you're disinvited. Oh, thank you, Lord, I don't have to go to this. Right? So all this time, now listen, David is mentally 
just back and forth and back and forth. So he comes up to him. He says, listen, I don't know how to tell you this, but you guys are going to have to leave. You're going to have to go. What do you mean? We've already traveled all this way. and we got to be, I'm, I'm sorry. So David's got to look like, you know, he's really disappointed, which he, he's relieved. I want you to know this. I want you to know this today. When you get yourself in situations and your motive is right, God is going to get you out. It might not be easy, which we're going to see, but he's going to work through it. They leave, they travel hard three days back. This is six, seven days have gone on of hard, tra- you know, knowing that war, not war, what's going to happen. They're, they're just weary. They're weary mentally. They get about a mile from their city, which we have just read, and they see the black smoke. And they realize something has happened. They charge into the city. No one is there. Their wives their children, all their animals, all their possessions gone, and the city is burnt down. Now, physically and emotionally, which we just read, they're drained. Bam, bam. Isn't that exactly what the devil does to us? When I want you to know when he hits you, he doesn't just hit you once. Once you can handle. He hits you twice or three times. He'll hit you mentally, and after he comes at you mentally, he'll hit you physically, and then he'll hit you emotionally. That's why they were weeping. These were mighty warriors, but now they realize, what are we doing following this guy? We go with David, now we don't go to war. As we come back, another great group of warriors come in, dangerous, dangerous group of men and warriors and take all our family. We know they're going to kill them. We know there's going to be nothing left to our families. What did David do? This is what I want you to get today. What did David do? Did he take off right away? No. We just read it. Everybody, it's mass confusion. When you're in a situation like that and it's mass confusion and everybody doesn't know what to do, all of you here today are chosen to be a leader if you are a believer. That being said, the Bible says David went away, probably a few yards away, 50 yards away. The scripture, God's word says, he strengthened himself in the Lord. It's interesting the way it says that. The Lord strengthened him, but he strengthened himself. He made a decision. No matter how bad that circumstance, no matter how fast, no matter what he had to do to get there to get his family, he had to take just a minute or two to say, Lord, please help me. I'll never forget, I think I shared this a couple years ago. I've never begged the Lord like I did in this one situation. At that time, I was already mentally exhausted. My mom had had surgery. She was starting to fade and die, and she would die a couple years there. My dad was already dying, so both of them, it's happening at once. And my dad had had Alzheimer's for, for years. My mom had taken care of him. She couldn't do that anymore because of what was happening with her. And there was this great Alzheimer's place that we could get my dad into for the last, I don't know how long it would be, maybe a few months for my dad. I don't know. So I go to this place, and... I walk into the head person at the Alzheimer's unit at this unbelievable facility, and I asked them, you know, about my father. They said, I'm sorry, but we know your circumstance. There's no room. We can't take you. 
Now, this is a person who never, ever in 83 years, ever, his life, but my life at that time, 50-some years, ever, 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 never once let me down. Never. So I started to beg them, please, will you take my father? I know if you take him, he'll be able to live a little longer. I was fighting for my father because all those years he had fought for me. I said, I'm sorry. We can't do it. I remember the sun was shining and I was just mentally fried. And I walked out of the facility and I looked up in the sky and I said, Jesus, please help me. The phone rang. I mean, it wasn't five seconds and the phone rang. And the nurse called me and said, Dallas, we've been over to see your father and we're going to have to move him to hospice. Now, whether I liked that or not, and I knew that he was going home to be with the Lord, the Lord knew what he was doing and it was an answer for me. The Lord took it from me. See, he knew what was happening. I want you to know today, as stressed as you might be, strengthen yourself in the Lord. When you're strong in the Lord, you know what to do. And then what happens? Here's what happens. When you take time to honor the Lord that he is in control, he doesn't honor you or me. He honors his word. And when he honors his word, he gives you an answer. Because you are anointed the same as David. The spirit is within you. The Jesus spirit, his spirit, it dwells within you. It ignites what is in here, and you know what to do. David then, because he had spent just a minute or two, when you're in those situations, if you just acknowledge your Lord, Lord, help me, that's all you've got to say. He does, and he will. And listen what happened. Verses 7 and 8. Then David said to Abner the, the priest, Amalek's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Amalek brought the ephod to David. And I don't want to go in this, but there were special rocks. I don't understand all this that were on the priest's garment. And if they held those rocks and the priests were there with them, they would know they would be given an answer on what to do in the Old Testament. I don't understand it. I don't get it all. But that's how it worked. And verse 8 says, so David inquired of the Lord. He prayed again, saying, shall I pursue them? Shall I pursue this troop, the Amalekites? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. He gave him an answer. Over and over and over, what do we say at City Church? We live in the promised land. Promised land. Whether you're receiving those promises now and you're living by them or whether God has given you a verse, he's promised you and you see and when you see you have hope. You're looking. You need hope. You see Jesus. He's promised you and I as we live in this land called the promised land. He gives us his word. You know what? You're going to get through this. You might not understand it. You might get hit hard and get hit again. But no. No. When you come and acknowledge me, I'm going to show you what to do. 
Isaiah tells us, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. That means none. That means anything the devil throws at you, none of it will ever prosper. And then the script, a lot of people quote that and they don't continue. And then it says, any voice, anyone who condemns you, they will be found out to be a liar. So maybe it's a circumstance, maybe it's a person. But know this, when someone lies about you and comes at you hard and everybody believes that lie, the truth is always truth and will always be truth and will always stay truth and the truth will always come out. No matter how hard you hit. No weapon today formed against you and me will ever succeed. No person that comes against you will ever succeed. Matter of fact, what does the Lord say? He says, I'm even going to give you more of life because you trusted me. So what happened? David takes off with his warriors and they're on the road and they're on the path. They're not, listen, listen to me. They're not sure where they're going. They just take off. Where in the world? They might be able to follow, you know, a few broken tree branches that the horses have gone through and see a trail of all the, uh, you know, they're not sure where they're going. I want you to know this, you know, there's times in your life you're not sure what's happening. You're not sure where you're going. Just take a step. Take a step. You say, Dallas, how do I do that? Thy word, God's word, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Open his word. Lord, shall I go or stay here? What should I do? Go. They start going, not sure where to go, and here's where we pick up the story. In verse 11. Well, actually, verse 10. But but David pursued, he and 400, but 200 men were just so exhausted. This, this is how difficult it was, the verse before. Two, 200 of the 600 were so exhausted from three days traveling, almost going to war and three days back. This is the day, we, we just can't do this. We'll stay here with all the extra things that, that you have with you. Just go with your weapons, your swords, go, and we will stay here and guard these. We will be here. If anyone else comes, we'll guard the rear. 200 stayed, 400 went with David. So David went, and he and the 600 men, and it goes on further, and that's what I just shared with you in verse 11. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread. What's going on here? So what? David, listen, David and the 400 warriors see this guy sitting in the woods. You know what they could have done? There's a guy. Leave him alone. We're in too much of a hurry. We got to go get these guys. I want you to know, when you're on a journey and it's difficult, I want you to look everywhere you can see for hope. Don't miss it. Don't miss what a stranger might say to you. Don't miss a letter. Don't miss a circumstance. Don't miss where the Lord put you in and all of a sudden you know that he's talking to you. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. The Lord's trying to show you something. See, because when we're, when we're so distressed and we're going where we're not sure to go, I want you to know along the way, God is not just going to leave you there. 
God is going to do or bring someone along to strengthen you. How many times did I share with you when I was at the place where I had nothing, I had sold everything I had, I was being evicted, and I would run into people for no known reason. They didn't know what was going on, and they would say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I heard what's going on. Hey, here's some money. Here's this. Here's that. Here's this. How many times did this happen? I didn't know. I went to places. I didn't even know where I was going or why, and I ran into these people. That just gave me hope to get through another day. That's you. That's me. Lord, help me just to get through. I need some hope. I know, I, know I'm, I might get there with you. But today, Lord, do we, ever, we do that? Lord, I know you're out there, and I know, but Lord, I need something today. I was reading an article about an actress in Hollywood, and she was in Hollywood. She was party scene, doing everything, but she was a believer. Doing all the things, just read this recently. She's doing all the things that she shouldn't be doing, but she was in a struggle emotionally, physically, mentally, because she knew what was going on. She's doing this, she's doing, she's starting to be successful, but she knows she just beat up as a believer. And she's, she just was at the, sitting at the light in her car, and she says, Jesus, you just, you just got, I, I can't do this anymore. You got to help me. Guy pulls up next to her with the windows down and it's got a Christian radio station on. And he looks at her, says something about Jesus, takes off, she turns the radio station on, and exactly what she's gone through, he, she hears the preacher talking about, Lord, you got to help me. And then as he drives by, not only does he have, she turns the station on, he's got a Jesus bumper sticker on his car. Now, there's no coincidence in that. Did everything change for her? No. Did she start to get strength for the journey as a Jesus follower? Because she called out to the Lord. That's what we got to do. She was already on their road. They're on the road, and they actually stop for this Egyptian. So verse 12 says, what happened? They gave him a piece of cake and figs, two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had not eaten any bread nor drunk any water for three days and three nights. David said to him, to whom do you belong? And where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, a servant of the Amcolite. There we go. And my masters left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of, of the Chenarites in the territory which belongs to Judah. In the southern area of Caleb, we burned Ziglag with fire. He was with the enemy. And David said to him, can you take me down to these warriors of this troop? So he said, swear to me by that you will neither kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down, they were there spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing. In other words, the Amcolites thought they had it made. You know why? They had captured, hey, Dave, they're not going to, David's army, they're with the Philistines, they're, they're in another war, they're not going to be back. We're going to get drunk, and then we're going to do anything imaginable with these women, then we're going to kill them all. So they got drunk first because they thought they had plenty of time. They didn't know. They didn't know that you can never outrun God. 
David was with his troops. They went down in verse 16. And when he had brought him down, they were spread out over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because all the great spoils which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and the land of Judah. And David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Now, let me say this. It was probably a 12-hour war. Can you imagine? You know, most shootouts that take place are probably no longer, no longer than, than probably five minutes most fights that happen that we see, you know, they have different rounds or if a street fight might happen, might be a minute or two or if you see in a boxing ring longer. But a street fight actually, if you've ever been in one, lasts maybe two, three minutes, five minutes, I don't know. Warriors, for some 12 hours, they fought against the Amcolites, also mighty warriors. Now, I want you to get this. I don't believe they did it on their own strength. That's you and me. We can't do it. You can't do it. Your money won't do it. Your mind, your education, all the people you can get to help you won't do it. It's the spirit of Jesus that gives you strength to win the battle. When you see Jesus and you look for hope, who is Jesus, you'll gain your strength. That's what I want you to know today. They fought and they fought one hour after another, after another, after another. And what does the Lord say as we close with just another verse? Say, we're going to read the rest of this verses. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. Now, 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 they minimized 400. Now, if they minimized that 400 escaped young men on camels, how many warriors do you think that they must have had? Probably thousands. Six, 400 going against thousands, and they defeated them. Don't look at your circumstance today. When we look for hope, we see Jesus. We don't see our circumstance. But God expects us to fight, step into the battle, then Jesus will say, the battle is mine, saith the Lord. And nothing of theirs, listen to this. So David recovered all the Amcolites had carried away. David rescued his wives, his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking Small or great sons or daughters, spoil or anything which had taken from them, David Recovered all. Huh. You know, some of you are saying, yeah, Dallas, I wish I had that message years ago. <laughs> then you need to go read the book of Joel. Because Joel says, you know, you might go through destruction in your life. Is that land did? And three kinds of locusts will come through. The first wave will come through and destroy all the leaves. The second wave will come through, destroy all the trees, and the third wave will come through and destroy all the land. There'll be nothing left. And maybe you feel that way today. But Jesus says, when I tell you recover all, I will restore. I will restore all to you and more. The years the locusts have eaten, I'm going to restore it all to you. And not only that, 
You trusted me. You trusted my word. David got all the horses. They got all the gold. They got all anything, the animals, all and more of what the Amcolites already had. They doubled, tripled, quadrupled what they had had before. If someone would have said to me five years ago when I was being evicted, Dallas, here's what's going to happen in four and a half years. I'd have said, I don't really believe, I'm not sure about that. I don't want you or me to ever, ever, ever underestimate the God through the power of the Son, Jesus Christ, that we hope in today. I'll close with this. Looking. Looking, as the scripture says, Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he's coming back. Before you and I know it, we're going to be out of here. You know, I close with this. You, if you've ever heard people that they've had after, like, like they brought them back to life, and many doctors have told the stories about many patients, and it's, it's, it's interesting, the majority of those talk about heaven. But there's many that, that have come back that have experienced maybe a touch of hell, if I can say that. And, but why do you hear that? Because people don't want to talk about it. But the few that have have said this. What I experienced for those few seconds was this. Not only this, this unquenching fire, but I can't quite explain. There was a complete loss of any hope. There was no hope for anything. I want you to know today, we are in the land called the promised land. And we still live here and we still have a battle and Jesus is not done using you. And you might got to hit once and then you've got hit twice and now here we are going through this season that we go through and you're hurting. I want you to know today, go to Jesus. He will answer you. And when he does, he will tell you the way to go. And along the way, he will have people along the way that might be strangers that encourages you. And you can go a little bit further. And the Lord will say one day, you know, you trusted me. I had to see if I could trust you because you know what? You know why the Lord hasn't given you yet what he's going to give you? Because he's going to give you so much that he's got to take you what you're going through right now because if he gives you what he's going to give you right now, you couldn't handle it. You've got to go through it. I know you don't like it, and I didn't like it. You've got to go through what you're going through. But if you see Jesus, you see hope. And when you go through it, and he knows you've been there with him. You've trusted him, and he's going to give you more and more and more. Why is he going to do that? What did David do? And I close with this. As they left that battle scene, tears of joy, and they were going back home more than they could ever imagine. You know what David did? David said, you know what I've got to do? All the cities that have been good to me, we're going to take some of these spoils from war.
and we're going to go to this city, and we're going to go to that city, and we're going to go to this city, and we're going to thank them for taking care of us in battle. God's going to bless you, and he's going to do it for you and your family, and when he does, and there's so much more, look for the people that don't have hope because they're out there. And they have what you, they want what you and I have. And when the Lord so blesses and so gives to you, yes, bless your family. Yes, do what you want to do for the Lord's work. But see the people that are hurting. Because City Church is a light that is set on a hill. And we're going to make a difference. Because the way that we live and the way that we give in this community that we live in, we're going to reach people forever for heaven let's pray as their heads are bowed today it's this time of year brings out so much mentally and emotionally what you did as a kid what you didn't do as a kid where you were people you experienced Maybe your mate's not here. Maybe something's happened. Maybe you're going through a a crack up in a relationship or a bad divorce. Maybe your child is in heaven. Maybe your mate is in heaven. I don't know, but I know this. I know the Jesus that we serve is able to do more than you could ever imagine. So I want you this time of year to lay it down, to get it out of your head, to get it away from you physically and emotionally and what you're going through. And I want you to say, Jesus, this is your battle. This is not mine. Yes, I got to be there and I got to fight it. I know I do. I know I got to walk into it. But you, you, through you, you tell me in Romans that you love me so much. Me, me. You're here today, us. You're watching on YouTube. He loves you more than you could ever know that because of his love and we experience that, you are more than a conqueror. In other words, the battle doesn't even seem a battle. That's who you are today in Jesus, looking for hope. Father, we love you, Jesus, because you first loved us. Lord, may we trust you as David in the quietness of so much turmoil and chaos he chose to say Jesus help me Lord may someone many people do that today we love you Lord because you first loved us Lord this message through your spirit today May we know we'll always win. Father, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, that's fighting the battle themselves, Lord, may they come today. Lord, may they pray that prayer, why you died on the cross for our sins, why you shed your perfect blood. God, you gave us your son so we could have eternal life. If there's someone here today, Lord, as Ben leads us, may they come forward and I'll just be able to show them as they take a step of faith that's what you want to believe who you are 
that you are God's son. You died on a cross for us. May they come today or on YouTube and pray Jesus and ask you into their heart to forgive them for all their sins. And you will write their names down in the Lamb's book of life. They will have heaven forever and they will have hope in this life. Lord, we ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen.